Um, one thing I, before I do this message here, I wanted to uh, address something that's going on in our nation that I think we, we need to be paying attention to is this coronavirus thing. And um, so first I want to address it spiritually, and I want to read these scriptures to you. Okay, so this is Psalm 91. I'm going to read seven verses. Okay, it says, Those who live in the, most, in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. Now, that's important. This I declare. Not this what somebody else declared. You're going to have to declare this. You need to put this in your mouth right now. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. You hear what I'm telling you? Well, hear what the psalmist tells you. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every Every, well, no, does every protect you from deadly disease. You hear what I'm telling you? Now, hey, we're going to line ourselves up with the Word of God, or we're going to line ourselves up with what's going on in the world. You get to choose that. Let me tell you a little thing about trust. Trust always involves a choice. You have the choice. Okay. He will cover you with, the feather, with his feathers. That's, that sounds amazing. He will shelter you with his wings. That's really cool. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies into the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Do not dread it. Don't be afraid of it. Nor do the disaster that strikes... At midday, though a thousand may fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Because you have made the Lord your refuge. And you have made choices to trust Him. Okay? That's what we need to believe. We need to align ourselves up with the Word of God. Here's one of the things you need to do practically. Stop listening to what's going on in the news. Because there's a lot of, like my neighbor, like yesterday, uh, uh, read something in this uh, thing called Washington Post, which I find detestable, but that's another point, about the, uh, this is going to be like the Spanish flu, you know, <laughs> and, and thousands and thousands of people are going to die. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, the enemy's trying to terrorize people. Now, this is a serious thing. We're not minimizing that people are dying, and this is a very serious thing, and the church needs to rise up and start praying. Okay, but we don't need to pray from a place of fear. We need to p- pray from a place of security and authority. Amen. So I want all of you to be committed to praying, praying for those who are suffering. We have friends in China that are locked into their facility. They can't get out. Fortunately, somebody's bringing groceries and dropping them off. Uh, and I know many people in China who are suffering. They've been suffering. Um, so... Now we have it here. Somebody died yesterday from it in the United States. And so, but this political stuff, y'all, we need to pray against that. We really do. We need to go at, there's a spirit at work in our country that's divisive. And it's terrible that here we are in a time when our country needs to focus on dealing with this situation you know, for the people who have the uh, gifting and the skills and the position to deal with, with these kinds of things, everybody should come together. Everybody, all political spectrums should all join together 
Because this is not, this thing attack, it doesn't matter what political party you're in. It could go after you. You hear what I'm telling you? So that's really what the church needs to do is, is start speaking to this stuff, you know, and not, not be afraid. Amen. So I want to take a minute and just pray, just agree with me, if you, if you will. Father, thank you today that you, you gave us a word for times such as this. You, you gave us something that we can lean on. You gave us something we could enter into. Lord, we, we're going to make a choice today because if we're going to trust you, we're making a choice to step under those wings of the Almighty. And, well, Lord, I'm making that choice. I'm declaring it, Lord, today that you are our refuge. And I'm going to declare the word of the Lord over our church, our church family, our loved ones, the people we care about, the people in our jobs, our nation, Lord. We are asking, Father, uh, to intervene, Lord. And we pray that somehow this plague could be stopped in the name of Jesus. We know it's not from heaven. We know it's demonic in nature. We know it's heartbreaking in heaven for this to happen. So we're declaring that the, that the solution, the wisdom from heaven will get released to stop this thing in its tracks and turn things around, Lord. And we ask for comfort for all those who are suffering. We ask for a miracle and healing. We pray for family members who've lost loved ones. We remember them today. And we pray the comfort of the Holy Spirit will come. Lord, we have this suspicion that you're going to turn it for good. You're going to turn it for good. What the enemy has meant for evil, you're going to turn it for good. That's a portion for the believers, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It's uh, Psalm, yeah, Psalm 91. It's a glorious psalm. Read that. If you start feeling, if you start feeling afraid, don't condemn yourself. It's a feeling. Go back to the word of the Lord. And, and get that into your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He'll do that. Okay, there's nothing bad about feeling afraid. I mean, everybody feels afraid about stuff, right? You know, if Becky gets mad at me, I'm afraid. <laughs> right? So we all have this, you know, but we overcome these fears. We, we believe what the Word. We have to make, we have to be people. We're going to say we're going to trust the Lord. You, there's the, you have to choose. There's a choice ta- attached to it. It's not some etherical thing. And I know a lot of people have a, some in, insight into politics and stuff, and that would be helpful to share that, you know, if the Lord gives you stuff on how to pray. It would be very helpful. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's good, isn't he? All righty, I got this uh, terrible message here that has destroyed me almost. I'm going to read these verses to you. These are amazing verses. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 1, uh, it's the creation of man, of human, of human beings. Uh, so God created uh, human beings in his own image. Uh, in the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Isn't that such an amazing thing? I think they wanted us to know that God created people. Like uh, three times in one sentence, uh, created, create, you know what I'm saying? I think God wanted to make it clear right from the start, this thing ain't about chance. It didn't happen because of some grain of sand that irritated something. And You know what I'm saying? He wanted to make sure everybody knew this is where we came from. He created us in His image. Isn't that beautiful? 
Then God blessed them. Wow. And, he, and I wanted to say this. He blessed them. He didn't just bless the man. Okay, that's important for us. He blessed them. Them, it says, man and woman. God's blessing rests on men and women. Not just man, then the man's going to bless the woman. Or not just woman, then the woman's going to bless the man. We need to be together in this thing of walking in this blessing. Then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and government. Govern it. Govern the earth. That's what Jesus was telling man to do. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So what this is, you know, uh, the first thing, you know, God created us in the first, you know, once we were, he breathed into us, um, you know, got us alive. The first thing he did, was it says he blessed them. Now, that's really important. He blessed them, and then he gave them the commission, what we call the original commission. This is the original commission that God gave humanity over the earth. And then, of course, we know what happened. But God never rescinded the original commission, right? And so we have today something we would call the Great Commission, which is sort of the, the latest version of this commission that God gave. Are you following this? Uh, but here, I want you to get this. Before mankind could fulfill the commission, he had to have the blessing. Now, that's important. Okay? It's, that, I mean, to me, that, that speaks volumes that God wanted man blessed. I mean, he didn't just say, oh, bless your heart. I want you to forget how we use the word bless. Oh, bless your heart. Somebody telling you their sad story. But there's no, no power in those words. But I'll tell you something. There's some power in blessing when it comes from God. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's power in blessing. In fact, if you will begin to look at the Bible, this is a shocking revelation about the Bible. The whole Bible, the, whole, the, the greatest truth in the whole Bible is blessing. From the very beginning, God wanted to bless people. That was his heart. He, because he adored his creation. He adored us. I can just imagine, I'm just going to be a sappy grandfather. But I, when I had, especially when they're little, they get older, they get a little bit more difficult. You know, they get a little sassy with you. But man, when those, those babies are little, you know what I'm talking about? And you look in their face and just, oh, I love you so much. You look at pictures and you talk about how, how they're so precious. You literally adore them. Every grandparent in this room knows that. Parents kind of forget that. <laughs> right? You might adore them for a couple of weeks, and then you're mad because you're having to change your diaper. <laughs> if you're a smart parent, you get the other one to do it. But, <laughs> but God just adored what he created because God saw himself in us. That, that's why, and God adores himself. Isn't that cool? God really adores him. So he never had a bad, uh, he never had low self-esteem, right? He never questioned who he was. He saw what he created and he adored it and he put this blessing on man. And so the entire Bible, all the way through the Bible, uh, it's, it's like the blessing. Uh, there's an expectation of blessing. There's a promise of blessing. There's blessings fulfilled. If you really just kind of peel it back, that's what you begin to feel and that's what you begin to see that God's heart was all about blessing. 
And God's heart is still all about blessing. Here's something that uh, Watchman Nee uh, said, which how many people know about Watchman Nee? He was a Chinese guy back uh, in the... 30s and 40s, and he was arrested uh, when the communists took over China, I think, 1949. He preached for 30 years and spent the last 20 years of his life in prison. But the guy has an amazing revelation. But he said this, and he's one of my favorite people because if you read his books, it's, it's revelatory stuff. It really is. He said, the normal life of a Christian is a life of blessing. And the normal work of a Christian is a work of blessing. It's a work of blessing. Here's, what, here's a great example out of Jesus' life of a blessing. A blessing takes five loaves and two fish and feeds 5,000 people. That's what a blessing is. A blessing fills the lack that you and I have naturally. That's what the blessing of God is meant for people. It's meant to do something that we can't do. We all have lack. We all have, but the blessing can overcome any lack. And God, that's the way God and Jesus gave us this example of how to walk in, in the blessing. Are y'all following me? So uh, Paul spoke about the blessing. Of course, we've read this scripture. This is the same thing that was spoken originally. All pra- Ephesians 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. See, it's a very New Testament thought, a very powerful New Testament thought. First Peter 3, 9, Peter said we're to inherit the blessing. That's our inheritance. As believers, we are to receive this blessing that was originally given by, by, by God to, to, to Adam and Eve. Are y'all, are y'all with me? We were, that's our, and so, so I'm talking to you today about your inheritance as a believer. That's something that God has given you, and He wants you to have it. He wants you to embrace it. He wants you to pursue it. He wants you to go after this thing and begin to live in this blessing. Now, that's what I really believe. I'm, I'm on board with this. Okay. Let me just tell you, the best way we can understand this blessing thing is through Abraham, right? You know, we know the story that some stuff happened. This is chapter 1 of Genesis. Something happened. Man got lost a blessing. Lost, lost it all. And then God uh, shows up one day. Uh, in Abraham's life, and he was Abram at the time, uh, and just randomly shows up in this place, this Ur of Chaldea, uh, which, by the way, let me tell you about Ur of Chaldea, because this is a very uh, researched and known place from archaeologists. It uh, was a very wicked place. Okay, that's where Abraham came from. He came from a wicked place. They worshiped the moon. And they, on the streets, they had very vile acts that would take place constantly in their worship of the moon. And historians say that Abraham's dad was actually a maker of idols, moon idols. That's the kind of guy Abraham, that's the kind of world Abraham lived in. Abraham wasn't some beautiful, righteous man. He was not always the father of faith. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? He was a heathen. His daddy was a heathen. He lived amongst heathen. But God was looking for somebody because God had a plan. Are you hearing me? God had a plan, so he d- decides to pick Abraham. Why did he pick Abraham? 
Well, he had to get somebody, right? <laughs> Literally, he had, to get, he had to start somewhere. So he started with this man named Abram who lived in this idolatry place. That's, that's how this whole thing started of God beginning to restore the blessing. Is he went and found an idol worship, a man who probably participated and witnessed. In fact, they said this about that city. You could not live in that city unless you participated in their vile worship acts. You could not live there. So we know Abraham did some bad things before Jesus showed, or before God showed up in his life. And he did a few bad things afterwards. But, and this is what it says in verse 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And that was the first time in the Bible after God blessed Adam and Eve. This was when God began to restore and, you know, he became very intentional with a person to have this blessing so he could get it. Now, we know what happened, right? Y'all got quiet on me. Yeah. (laughs) What happened was Abraham had a son. We know his name was Isaac. His name meant laughter. He went through a bunch of stuff to get this son, okay? Went through a lot of stuff, made some Some missteps, obviously, caused a lot of trouble. A man named Ishmael. Remember old Ishmael? Well, we got nations of Ishmael, right? They're still around, okay? They're Abraham's sons. They're just, they're not sons of the promise. There's some difficulty there, but they can become sons of the promise by going through the right door named Jesus. Amen? So God, God loves everybody. Um, anyway, so Isaac, you know, was a pretty good guy, really. He did some of the same things his daddy did, you know, with his wife. He didn't treat his wife right, you know, going to let her another guy have her because he was scared of him and all this stuff. Then he had a, had a son who he couldn't deal with. He had two sons. They were bad. Both of them were, you know, Jacob and Esau, and they were bad guys. Both of them didn't do right. So good old Isaac, who had this blessing on him, had some difficulties. And, of course, I shared some of the stuff about Jacob a few weeks ago about how he wrestled to get this blessing because, oh, don't you love that he had this thing in him? Don't y'all love that about Jacob? That he Somehow God put something in his heart that he knew this blessing was awesome. He was just dumb and foolish about the way he went about getting it. But he had it in him. There was a burning in him for this blessing. He knew he was created for that blessing. He was not going to sit back and let that blessing go somewhere else. He was going to get that blessing. In a lot of ways, we need exactly what he has. We need that determination. But we need to do it under the lordship of Jesus, obviously. So he, he got the blessing. Okay? He, you know, he wrestled with God. He got this blessing from God. And, and he... But then he went through troubles too, right? Remember a few, several weeks ago, Robin gave this great message about Joseph. He thought for 17 years he believed his, his son Joseph was dead. How awful, awful for a father. I know there's people in this room who've lost children. We lost a child. There's, that's something, a hole in the heart. 
Right. And so for 17 years, he had a hole in his heart. And then he found out Joseph was alive. So really, the, the, the next person that the Bible really highlights that carried the blessing was Joseph. Right? Joseph was the next guy who really carried that blessing. Look what Joseph went through. He went to prison. He was accused wrongly. He was rejected. He did some things wrong. I'm telling you all this for a purpose, okay? Hang with me. Okay, and so Joseph, uh, you know, made a mess of things. But eventually, God made things right and raised Joseph up. And and the Bible says that uh, that uh, Joseph, it says this about Joseph. Uh, he said this to his brothers who betrayed him and sold him. And said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's what he said. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now, here's, here's the point about the blessing. I want you all to really get this. We're called to be a blessing, but that doesn't mean we're not going to go through some stuff. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You see, there's a lot of lies out there in the church world about this blessing. There's a perversion about this thing. And that's why God highlighted these people's lives because there was this trail of blessing, but God uncovered them because He wanted us to see the blessing's real, the blessing's powerful, but that does not exempt you or I from walking through difficulties. Are y'all hearing this? Because a lot of people see those difficulties take you out. But the Bible promises this for us. Just what Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. The New Testament says that says something like this, and I think it's in, in Romans. It is in Romans. Romans 8. It says, God will cause all things to work for those who are called according to His purposes. You see, that's what we have that the world doesn't have. There's no promise to the world who are not walking in that blessing. But for us who are walking in the blessing, when we go through difficulties, when we're crushed, when we experience sorrow, we have this blessing thing that God's going to work it out for our good. The situation may never get fixed. It may not. The loss may be loss. The hurt may remain, but God will make it work. David said something like this in Psalm 4 verse 1. In my distress, you have enlarged me. That's the blessing. And that's what I'm talking about. We get to choose some things when we're in those moments. We get to choose, God, I believe I have a blessing on my life. I'm going through this. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I hate this. I'm starting to hate people. Because <laughs> I'm mad. I'm kind of thinking about I want to hate you, Lord. <laughs> Y'all ain't never thought that, I'm sure. But I have. I never did get there, but I said, I'm kind of thinking I understand why people would hate God over this, but not like he did it. But So I just wanted to make sure we, we got this about this blessing. We're not talking about some, we're not talking about some what people call the prosperity gospel. That's, there's just thing on it that's not really right. There is a prosperity that the Lord's going to release to people. But there's a reality. Plus, let me say this, y'all. Who in the world out there needs some person who's never walked through hell? Right? They ain't going to relate to somebody who, who lives over here, this charm life, born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Most people are not born like that. Most people are born like you and I are, born and gone through broken things and gone through hard things. And when we come out the other end and God's enlarged us, then we can do something. We can take and bring comfort. We can lead those people to the answer that we found in our, our harsh place. 
That's really, really part of this blessing thing. Well, okay, I wanted to talk to you just a second about the nation of Israel. Okay? Uh, are y'all following this? The nation of Israel got the blessing. Okay? God chose Israel. The chosen people. You ever heard that? You ever wonder, like, what the heck? Why were they chosen? Because God needed a people. Here, why did God do all he did? Why did he run people off? Why did he kill people? Because Israel was carrying in their womb somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Israel was carrying the answer to the world. That's, that, to me, can explain a lot of the Old Testament. Because God had this seed in these people. And they were carrying the seed that was going to fix the world. That was going to be the blessing to the world. Are you sure? Are you hearing me? Well, I did some research. A lot of you Jewish people may know this. Of course, of course we know Israel has had a pretty tumultuous history, right? Biblically and natural history. It's ups and downs. Bad things, good things, terrible things. But here's the, the truth of today about Jewish people. They are two-tenths of 1% of the world's population. Two-tenths of 1%. That's not many people. They're actually 2% of the U.S. population. Okay? But think about the enormous, I'm talking about enormous blessing that the Jewish people have brought to the world. The enormous, I tell you, here's some, uh, here's some things from just the high-tech world. Many of you will recognize these names. These were either founded or co-founded by Jewish people. Intel. Intel, Google. Whether you like these companies or not, I'm just telling you. Oracle, Microsoft, Dell, Qualcomm, and Facebook. Jewish people either founded or co-founded those companies. Here's something from the financial world. You ever heard of Gold, Goldman Sachs, Rothschild, Warburg, Kohlberg, Kravis and Roberts? A lot of people don't know these people. Wells and Fargo. Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns. These are all Jewish people in the financial world. Actually, the Jewish people own much of the wealth in the world. Now, you've got to ask the question. 23%, I'll just tell you this little thing. 23% of all Nobel Prizes that have ever been given were given to Jewish people. Now, now why? That's, a, that, that's ridiculous. That's statistically impossible or improbable that that would ever happen. Why? It was, has to be the blessings of Abraham. Because God said, I will bless the families of the earth through you. Now, we're talking about natural here, but it's real. And we have to see that this blessing is a very real thing. And it's meant for the betterment of humanity. You go to Israel right now. One of the things when we were there last year was the, the water situation. How they have developed all these things to water a desert. And they don't have a lot of water. They got a lot of water this year, though. They got... They, the, Gal- the Sea of Galilee is almost up to the highest it can be. They're actually thinking about starting to open the, the dam to let it go into the Dead Sea. First time in many years because God has just poured water down that place. There's something going on spiritually with that. There's something going on. This, that's unusual for Israel. And then, you know, they had all that water and up in the high places... Uh, they got snow up there, and it'll melt, and it, guess where it's coming? It's coming down. They got even more water coming. So this is a pretty amazing thing. So 
Um, so I was just telling you that because I thought that was fascinating about the water. Let me read Galatians 3.16. Okay, are y'all still with me? God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. Your version may say, and his seed. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, although his children got this blessing in a natural way, but now Paul's talking about something very spiritual here, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child, and that, of course, means Christ. So listen, the greatest blessing that the Jewish people have ever given us is Jesus Christ. He was born with a Jewish mama. And he had a Jewish daddy, supposedly, that really wasn't his daddy, but he raised him up to a certain point. And then he kind of went off the scene. We're talking about Brother Joseph, who was such an amazing man. Joseph was amazing, man. Go read how he led, He was led by, by the Holy Spirit, dreams, and did all these things to make sure this child was taken care of and protected. And so that's the, really the greatest blessing that the, of Abraham that has been given to us is this person of Christ because all, all the blessings was always pointing to him. The whole thing, the whole thing is pointing right from the beginning when God said he blessed man, he was pointing towards this one man that would be the true blessing of the entire world. Are y'all following this? This is how you had to really look at this blessing thing because if you don't see that he's the blessing, if he's not the center of it, then we, that's where you get off into some weird doctrine about prosperity and stuff. And believe me, I'm, I'm not against prosperity. I, you know, pour it on, right? I mean, pour it on, Lord. But I don't want nothing poured on me that doesn't come through the heart of Christ. Amen? Look at uh, verse Galatians 3.14. It says, through Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. This is the word of God. With the same blessing he promised to Abraham. The blessing that Abraham got and all this stuff we see. That the, that's why I wanted to say all that stuff about the, about the Jewish nation. They did, were able to do all these things because there was a blessing on them. And the Bible says, we got that same blessing. Now it's been shared. It's not just for the Jewish people. God has decided, I want the Gentile people to have. He's not just talking about salvation, but that obviously is the greatest blessing. But he's saying, we as the people of God have this blessing resting on us. But we don't know it. We, really, we don't act like it. We don't act like it. Uh, and then it says, so that, so that we who are believers, listen, might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. That's kind of an important little thought there. Okay? I'll come back to that in a second. So, so you see, this blessing that God has for us has given us. He's, he's already given it to us. See, that's, that's the thing. That's what can be kind of confusing in our Christian life, right? We've received. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But lots of times we don't feel blessed. Many people don't even know they're blessed. A lot of people are trying to get blessed, you know, we have all these factors working, and we're trying to learn how to cooperate with God to really walk in what He has for us. Are y'all following this? God is interested in raising up a people in this hour that are walking in the blessing of Abraham. He is very interested in that. He is looking for people who are willing to allow Him to begin to work in their hearts 
and in their thinking and their belief system where he can begin to show us how to embrace this and how to live it in the way the Bible wants us to, has, has laid out for us to live it. And if we're going to ever see the world change, if the church is ever going to really be that salt and light, this, I believe this is the way we, we're going to be salt and light to the world. It's to really have this blessing working and believe in this thing and embrace this thing and allow it to do what it's supposed to do in our personal life. Are you good? Yeah. All right, let me tell you. commentary uh, here. We were in Kenya a couple of years ago, and there was a uh, Kenyan nun in the monastery where we were staying named Sister Julian. And she had never heard the Lord speak to her. And she came and told me that um, four o'clock in the morning she's praying, and she heard a voice say, "Receive the blessing." Then, about a week later, she's doing her four o'clock prayers, and she heard the voice say, "Be a blessing." All right, so here's, th- here's what I've written down from, from this, what I've just shared with you. Three things, okay, that if we're going to really receive the blessing, if we're going to walk this, number one is belief, okay? Your belief system is really important. Now, I, I'm going to tell you this, y'all. Y'all, me included, we got some bad beliefs. We are believers in stuff that's not right. We were reading this book by Francis McNutt, who was a a Catholic guy who has a lot of revelation on healing. Okay, he was a priest. Not well, he was at one time, but then he wound up not being. I don't know. He had a wife, so I don't know how that works. But you know, he was from the old school. Okay, kind of. He's passed away now. Last year, he was ninety something years old. But one of the things he was bringing. This guy was quite a theologian, really, uh, about a lot of what we believe in about healing in the church today is actually, what did he say? What was the word? It came from pagan belief. Yeah, when the Romans took over and, you know, all that, when they made the church, you know, Christianity was the legal religion of all Romans. Everybody has to be a Christian. We're going to baptize everybody. Everybody's going to be Christian. That was the worst thing ever happened to Christianity. Is Oh, everybody's going to be Christian now. It's just a religious foolishness. But we've picked up a lot of beliefs about healing that were come from that, and we still have it today. And so things like healing, we have got to undo some things. We have got to undo some things about that. And there's plenty of things in the Bible we need to undo stuff that we're believing so we can start believing right. The Bible says this in, in Hebrews 3, that the children of Israel could not enter the promised land because of unbelief. Promised land is another word for the blessing. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You and I will never step into that place of of the blessing of God if we are carrying all this unbelief in us. And the best thing we can do is ask the Holy Spirit, help. (laughs) Help my believing. My believing needs some healing. I need to cast some beliefs out of me. I I don't think I got demons in me, but I got some beliefs that need to be cast out. You know, and I'm asking God, show me what I'm believing wrong. 
Because I, I, I want to enter into everything God. They couldn't enter in. That's, that verse, if you want it, is Hebrews 3.19. They couldn't enter the promised land because of unbelief. Now, belief is very powerful. And I, I'll, I want to, I'm going to get done here. I'll tell you this. In the last few years, it's like the church has exalted doubt. That's what it feels like to me. I've, I've heard all these teachings about everybody doubts. Okay, everybody does. But go through all this. Why are we exalting doubt? Let's don't exalt something that's going to keep us out of what God has for us. Let's just say, I'm doubting. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I should fix me, God. I don't need to be doubting. Whatever's causing this doubt in me, help me get away from it. Help me be healed of it. Instead of analyze it and... and Making people feel good because they doubt. Well, I don't want to make them feel bad because they doubt. But I don't want to make them feel good because they doubt. You know, I want us to get to be a believing people. A believing people that believe what God said. And act on that and trust in that and choose that. You know, or it's going to keep us out. It's going to hinder us. Are y'all good? And of course, the other one, y'all, you should know this one. The promised Holy Spirit. That's what he said there. Uh, he said the blessings of the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we are believers might receive the... That was kind of weird. Like, oh, what Paul was saying is, is the Holy Spirit is going to be key for you to have these blessings. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, it's true. Let me read this. I've read this scripture, but I love this scripture. Maybe I should read it every Sunday when I preach. 1 Corinthians 2, 12, not 12, 2. It says, we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Uh, don't you love that? The wonderful things God has freely. And the only way we can know them is the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be our key, one of our great keys. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. You're in charge, Holy Spirit. I'm not in charge. You're in charge. I need you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. I worship you, Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's God, right? He's just one of the beautiful trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then the other one is really what Jeff said, which I think is really the, the, a great key. Uh, the Lord told uh, Abraham there was two parts to his blessing. I will bless you, is what the Lord said. And then he said, you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you. You will be a blessing to others. And this is really important. Uh, and that's what really happens to us, or supposed to, is supposedly what happens to us when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Acts 1.8. You're going to go out to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, that's what Acts 1-8 is talking about. I'll make you witnesses. Not, not you're going to go out and witness. You will. You yourself will be a witness of me. Okay? And, you, and you're going to bring this blessing wherever you go. That's what, that's what it's really for. Are y'all hearing me? That's what it's for. It's for us, this baptism in the Holy Spirit. This feeling, it's not just about spiritual gifts. Those are great. Those are tools. Right? Are y'all okay? I didn't ask you that lately. I've been trying not to. <laughs> Let me read uh, Luke four eighteen and 19. This is Jesus' mission statement. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, is what he said. 
For he has anointed me. And then what? To bring good news to who? The poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Everything, every outcome of the Spirit of the Lord being on Jesus was reaching out to somebody else. Are y'all got that? Oh, anoint me, God. Let me have this experience. If all that is is just an experience for us, we've, this thing ain't going to work good. I guess that's how you could say it. It's not going to work. Okay, let me give you one more scripture. This is a very important scripture in my opinion. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the... I love how he said Jesus of Nazareth right there. Now, we're talking about Acts. We're not talking about gospel here. We're talking about Acts. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Not Jesus Christ. Not the man Christ Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, this guy who was living in Nazareth. He was a man. That's what, that's what they're trying to get us to see. They're not talking about Jesus, the Son of God. There, Obviously, he was. They were talking about Jesus, the man. How God anointed this man. God anointed a man. Not just God anointed himself as God. He anointed a man. That's what they, these guys, uh, uh, Luke, wanted us to know. With the Holy Spirit and with power. Isn't that amazing? And... Then, Jesus, then, then, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And see, again, the blessing is the anointing of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit is reaching out to others. I will bless you if you, you need to be a blessing to others. Okay? It's not just an enjoyment thing. Although, let me really... Put a plug in for enjoying the Lord. I, I think we need to enjoy the Lord. We need to enjoy receiving the blessing. We need to get touched by the blessing. But at some point, it has to go beyond that. I think many moves of the Lord and many revivals have been uh, stymied because we didn't take it, we didn't make that other step. I, that's what I think. We, we stayed too long. We stayed too long soaking. We never got up. (laughs) Because it was so sweet. It was so good. Oh God, I love that. Get up sometimes. If you want the blessing. I'm serious now. I mean, I sat there and soak or whatever, you know, whatever it is for you. Enjoy it. Soak it in. Get it all as much as you can in. But at some point, God's going to say, all right. You know. The alarm clock is going off. There's a world out there. You know, we need to get with the program. Jim Hill said something last week in his message. I hope you caught it. That was a great message. You weren't here. Go. It's online, right? Yes. It's a really great man. He said, don't find yourself in this next season doing nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't find yourself doing it. Because to me, what he was saying is this. If you really want to move in what God's doing, this is a season where God's up to something. God's going to do something. And He's going to do something with people who are carrying this blessing. Right back from the beginning. God blessed man. Then God gave him the commission. He didn't give him the commission first. Some of us are bad about, you know, the opposite. We're going to go out and do something for God without getting this blessing going. All right? 
we need this blessing to be able to do it. I guess I kind of emphasize the other because I'm sort of in the I'm sort of in the guilty camp of spending too much time lingering in the Lord, you know, you know, because I love that. Well, you know, Joshua spent a lot of time in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that Moses would go out and meet with God when the glory came down, and the Lord would speak to Moses. Then Moses would leave to go tell everybody what he said. It says Joshua would stay back. I don't need to go tell him. You go tell him. He'd stay back and just hang out with God. I can just imagine what was happening. He was in this glory realm. But guess what happened one day with Joshua, right? One day, God said to Moses, Joshua's taking over, right? That moment of the glory cloud, that was great, Joshua. It was preparing you for this moment where you were going to take Israel into the promised land, and you were going to face the giants. You were going to do all these things. All that other stuff is what prepared you. The blessing prepared you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So I want some of you in this room this morning, I want you to get over your issues about the Holy Spirit moving. Where you sit back and look at it and have these critical thoughts going. And critical questions going. Now there's a time for all of that. There's a time to question. But sometimes when the door opens... When God opens a door, you need to walk in right then, whether you understand it or not, and get in there with God. And when He's done doing that, then He might talk to you about why, why this is happening. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help us. Because I have some concerns about, about people. Me, I'm, I've been guilty of that. So, I'm going to stop here. So, what we're talking about Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about receiving a blessing, okay? And how important that is to us and how important that is to the world. That this is how God's going to touch the world. He's going to touch the world with blessed people. These blessed people will be people who've been broken. These blessed people will be people who walked through some things. These blessed people will be people who didn't do it all right, who made some terrible mistakes along the line, even, when, even though they were carrying the blessing. They might have missed a mark here, missed a mark there. But God's saying, that doesn't bother me. The blessing was not removed from Israel because they really went off the mark bad. Think about it. Think about it, y'all. All that, those names I read to you, these people had ancestors that probably jeered Jesus on the cross. God didn't disqualify them because of their terrible mistake. He didn't disqualify the blessing on their life. So we, we can't disqualify this. With our, we can. We can that, we're the one who can disqualify the blessing. We can. By our choice and choosing not to receive this, believe this, and asking the Lord to help us enter into this time to receive the blessing and to be a blessing. So I think we're in the time. I think many people in this room, you know, uh, Years ago, we had this amazing revelation of the Father, the Father's heart, the Father's blessing. And there was a time when I came to that like, gosh, I don't know where else to go with this, Lord. You know, I mean, I think I've went as far, I don't know, I've went as far with this as I can go with the revelation I had. And then it was like God began to, you know how they used to in the old days, mules, have you ever seen somebody plowing with a mule? They have blinders on to keep them from drifting. So the guy behind him had a thing he lined up on, and he would look at that, and he would know how to 
do that. But if the mule didn't have the blinders, he'd go somewhere else. Okay? It's like God said, I'm going to start removing the blinders off of your eyes. You've seen things, but you've only seen a little bit. And it's like this. I'm opening them up slowly. I'm expanding revelation. I'm expanding what the Father's blessing really is. I never connected the Father's blessing back to Genesis chapter 1. I never saw that until recently when God began to speak. This has been going on from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And God wants to take the blinders off of us to see something we've never seen before. And when we begin to see it, we can begin to pursue it. Because that's why the blinders were on the mules, to keep them going in that direction. When God starts taking the blinders off, there's some more direction. There's something else you can have. There's something else you can lay hold of. There's something else you can minister to people with. Are y'all believing this? Because y'all, <laughs> Woo, Lord help. All righty, I'm going to stop. It's 12 o'clock. I want to pray for you, though. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. One of the things uh, I would encourage you to do, this is just me personally, but that Acts 1038, that's on my prayer agenda. Okay, every day. I don't know, man. I have never in my life prayed prayers every day until the Lord told me to start praying them. I'm telling you something. Something happens when God tells you to pray stuff. Because He's on those prayers. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, anoint me with the Holy Spirit. And give me power to heal, do miracles, and do signs and wonders. That's a good prayer, isn't it? Because that's what Jesus did. God wants people who are willing to ask Him for that. Because He wants to anoint people with the Holy Spirit and power and power because that's what the blessing is it's a power that gets released into the earth and I believe the power of God is going to get released and so I think it's really important for us to pray that kind of prayer you know the other prayer that I think is a really cool prayer comes from the uh, uh, Numbers chapter 6 the Lord bless you the Lord bless you Moses said, Aaron, y'all need to pray this blessing on the people so these people will carry this. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you. Boy, play that over your children when they go to school. Good Lord. (laughs) The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine. That's the nearness of God. That's, That's seeing the pleasure of God towards you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. And the Lord give you peace. Isn't that a powerful prayer? That's a prayer we can pray over our families, over our nation. You know, that's, there's power. In it. And, and, and Moses told Aaron, when you do this, what you are doing, you are putting the name of God on His people. You're marking those people. You're marking them with your, the name of God Almighty. Now, I want my grandkids going to school with God written across their forehead. And when all the devils look at them like, well, let's don't mess with them. Because I don't want to get in some deal with God. (laughs) Amen. Lord, I pray for every person in this room. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
I pray you'd anoint these people. We would have a corporate anointing. I'm not talking about just one person. I'm talking about every person in this church. This church would have a corporate anointing. Anointing of the Holy Spirit and power. Lord, we have power from heaven to do miracles, to heal people, to save people. Para salvar a las personas. That our words would have authority and a power. Poder y I ask you for that today. Te pido esto, Señor. I ask you to open heaven and pour Abra our love on us. I pray you give us a divine discontentment. Que nos dé algo divino, Señor. Que no nos deje en paz. Until we see this come to pass in our lives. Hasta que veamos que esto se cumple en nuestras vidas. And Lord, I pray you bless. Yo te pido que tú bendigas. Bless your people. Bendigas a tu pueblo. Lord, keep your people. Protect them. Protégelos, Señor. Lord, let your face shine on them. Deja que tu rostro brille sobre Lord, ellos. Lord, I pray every person in this room. Por cada persona que está en este lugar. Would get a revelation. Tengo una revelación. Of a father God. Del corazón de padre de Dios. That adores them. Que los adora. That absolutely adores them. Que absolutamente les ama y adora. That's thrilled. Que está emocionado. To be around them. De estar alrededor de ellos. Let us see that shining face, Lord. Déjanos ver este rostro que brilla, Señor. Your smile upon us, Lord. Señor, cuando te ríes sobre nosotros. And Lord, I pray for a revelation of grace. Te pido sobre una revelación de tu gracia. There's people in this room. Hay gente en este I'm lugar. This right now. Te digo you, esto ahora mismo. There's people struggling. Que están luchando. Some of it, some of it sin. Algunos okay. están pecando. There's like that old thing, the este, sin that so easily besets me. Y'all know about that old sin. Saben de este, hey, de este tema. How many people know about a sin that Todo el mundo sabe que está pecando. Am I the only one who has besetting sin? ¿Has luchado con el pecado? Did I've asked God nine million times to forgive me? He pedido a Dios nueve millones de veces que me libere de esto. I can't be the only person in this room that feels that. No puede ser que sea la única persona que luche con esto. You know what God told me? There's a grace. Hay una gracia, Dios me dijo. There's a grace. Hay una gracia. There's a grace. Hay una gracia. I see sin. I see besetting things unraveling off on people. Yo veo cosas que están cayendo de la gente. Yo puedo ver tu corazón. And suddenly, what tempted you? De repente, lo que te tentaba has no power. Ya no tiene poder sobre ti. And you'll be like me. Y tú serás como yo. How? I must have been stupid wanting that. Oh, señora, habré sido estúpido para haber estado haciendo esto. I don't want that. No quiero más esto en mi vida. God's going to do it. That's grace. Dios lo va a hacer esto. Esto se llama gracia. He's going to do it. Él lo va a hacer por ti. He's going to do it. Él lo va a hacer por ti. God's going to free you. It's grace. Dios te va a liberar a través de su gracia. He's going to free you from all that stuff. Te va a liberar de todo esto. And he's going to give you his peace. Y te va a dar de su paz. Shalom. 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 Paz. Lord, we release shalom right Soltamos now. tu paz. Woo, shalom. Oh. Yes, Lord. <laughs> hey, say amen. Diga amen. Say I receive it. Diga recibe. Let's really, really grab hold. A toma, agarra esto. Turn your face to the Lord. Pon tu rostro hacia el Señor. Say I receive. Y dile yo lo recibo. Amen. We want to invite the ministry team to come forward. Voy a invitar al equipo de ministerio que pase. We want to pray for you today. Vamos a orar por so ti. So if you have some things that you want to go after, si tienes algunas cosas que tú quieres ir detrás, go after it with you. Vamos a ir contigo detrás de esta oración. We want to keep praying for your healing. Vamos a seguir orando por tu sanidad. If you're standing in for someone else, we want to pray for their healing with you. Vamos a pararnos aquí para orar por ti. 
And if you want have other stuff that you want to engage in prayer with, here we It's these folks, it's their heart to pray with you. So don't leave before you take care of business. If you're done taking care of business, bless y'all. Bless you. Have an amazing week. Go with grace. Go with God. We love you.